Ladies and gentlemen, I've got COVID brain for this. <laughs> this is a Brand Alien Productions podcast. Whoa, COVID Whoa. on the brain, the spicy cough. Yep. Turns the only reason why I don't have COVID, because I don't have friends. <laughs> wow, that is incorrect. <laughs> that, is, that is very incorrect. Ah, oh, boy. Let's cue the music, shall we? I don't know what we're yelling about! We came, we saw, we kicked its ass! Finished. Finished. Gosh. Huh? Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Conversation anyway. <laughs> Just watching you in the background. What's going on? <laughs> I have long cord now, so yeah, I can <laughs> I can go places. You can move around. I love it. Ah, uh, hello everyone. Hello. 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 <laughs> I'm a Kendall Richardson, and I'm. Here, a Michael Lister. Here, there, everywhere. Where am I? <laughs> Michael Lister. Michael, that's me. That's you, Michael Lister. Yes. Uh, and you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, experiencing it through the medium of technical difficulties and also Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton, apparently. I don't know what's going on. I've, I've been living... I've I've been I've been tra- time traveling back to 2020 because it feels like I've been in lockdown again for <laughs> the last five days. <laughs> well, the Bill Clinton has got nothing to do with the news. It's it's really got to do with the Game Awards. Whoa! Oh, oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk More about that, that later. later. Yes, mm. good. I look forward to hearing. Yes, it. brought to you by uh, uh, yes, my <laughs> my recovering rabbi Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Sorry, I should have said the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, fuck. That was funny. All right, we'll talk about that shortly. I yes. now remember what you're, t- <laughs> what you're referencing. Um, hello, everyone. Um, as you can see, um, it's just Mike and I today. Sadly, Fulia could not join us, but she sends her love, as she always does. Yes. Um, so- love and invoice. Yes. Because <laughs> we get paid for this, do we? I don't know. <laughs> no, we should. Um, that'd be nice. Yes. We, should, we, we do should. it for free. We do it for free because we love it. We love it so much. We do. I mean that sincerely. I know that sounded sarcastic, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, um, yeah. I'm being very sarcastic. I'm being very sarcastic. <laughs> Yes. Um, but yes, uh, just full disclosure as well, I am COVID positive currently. Um, I'm thankfully on the tail end of feeling like shit. So that's a good thing. Otherwise, I would not be recording right now. Um, but if I do space out at some point or slow down or say something wrong, um, that's why. <laughs> Hasn't stopped us before. Hasn't stopped us before. This is the podcast that refuses to behave. After all, yep. so we got to live up to the name. Um, but yes, that's that is that out of the way. Um, other than that, I'm good. I'm alive. So, vaccinations work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, um, Michael. Let's just get into it, shall we? Yes. Um, what have you been watching this week? 
what have I been watching? Well, um, I'm actually setting up a couple of things that I've been meaning to watch because it's going to be the new year soon, so uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I'll be watching and to prepare for things that are coming out, like The Bad Batch, like um, uh, Mission Impossible, uh, including Fast and the Furious. I'm thinking of like diving into... <laughs> The the Furious verse. Okay. Because you know it's it's there. It's like I've done it. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> done it. <laughs> done. It's a thing that I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. And also doing my Doctor Who's as well because next year is the 60th anniversary. So I've tested myself to that. I'm going to be watching every single episode up until then. So that's going to be majority of my year. Uh, but I love it, so I'll be watching, uh, be re-watching as well as watching for the first time some episodes that I haven't seen. So may as well do it uh, this particular year. So yeah, but the things that I have been watching, uh, I went to the cinema uh, this week, uh, first time for everything, and I watched a Netflix film. Oh, oh, uh, it's either one or the one or the other <laughs> yeah only two came out and, and i saw matilda oh is is that uh is that out in the cinema now yeah okay uh, probably for a week uh, yeah it's so, brief yeah yeah but it will be coming out like uh boxing day but i decided you know what, i'm gonna watch it um as, as uh the lord intended uh with other people that I don't know, and yes. masters, and <laughs> just rubbing it in. I didn't catch COVID, uh, but I uh, watched it. Uh, it's the adaptation of uh, the stage musical that uh, came out not uh, a couple of years ago uh, by the lovely Tim Minchin. His mm-hmm. uh, his music and all throughout, it's very Tim Minchin style music. And watch it, and I really enjoyed it. I really did. It it um, it made me weepy at the end because it was like childhood wonder, and it's like ah, oh, I remember being a child and and having the whole life in front of you and all, and all that. And if you've seen the um, Danny DeVito Matilda, it's pretty much the same story, uh, except okay. it's based in the UK and not. Not America's. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I I highly recommend it. So when it co- comes out, it's it's pretty good. Uh, standout, um, uh, Mr. Trunchbull, being played by the lovely Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely in the role and in the uh, costume as well as makeup. Um, <laughs> very good. Yeah. And very laugh out loud funny. Oh, great. And uh, and my wife has also seen it as well. Uh, we came, uh, we did separate things. Like one of us has to look after the kids, and the, and the other one did um, alternative viewings. And she liked it as well. And there, and she said uh, possibly better than the original. Wow, that's a big call. Yes. Um, yeah. I was going to say, question, did you both see the stage show when it was uh, here in Melbourne? Unfortunately not, and it okay. was one of our biggest um, regrets. Really. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why. Uh, we we were actually living in Melbourne when it was out, so so I don't know why, why we didn't, uh, I suppose, because we started our family and just having the time just to 
get out and do stuff is mm. is really uh, really constricting. But I highly recommend it, and it's coming out on uh, on Netflix on the in the Boxing Day, the twenty yes. sixth. Okay. Of December, so great, very good, very 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 wonderful, and heartwarming, and uh, and some scary scenes for the kids. So mm. m- mind that, and uh, very 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 good. So, what about you, Kendall? Well, with your with your isolation, <laughs> what did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have two things to mention. Um, one, I actually want to mention that I, I, the day before I started showing symptoms, I went to the movies, um, and I, uh, saw the menu. Oh, again. Yeah. No, no, oh, I haven't. This, oh, is, yeah. this is the first time. Oh yeah. Did yeah. you say that last week? Oh, did I talk about the menu? Like, oh, cause we recorded on Monday, didn't we? Yes, we oh, did. COVID brain. Uh, proof, proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. And that's pudding because uh, menu. That's uh, uh, oh, I see what you did there. Uh, oh god, this is Ralph Fiennes. Uh, uh, uh. A movie that I still need to see. Yes. Mm. Yes. Anyway, I've already talked about the menu. I loved it that much. I wanted to talk about it again. Okay, so I only have one thing to talk about. Then. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, so did I. Yeah. No. Um, well, yeah, considering I found myself uh, with a whole bunch of free time, um, I decided to not only continue my watching of this show, but I actually ended up finishing it <laughs> <laughs> um, for all mankind. Uh, so this is one I started a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I think I mentioned it um, on the podcast back then, uh, you know, because it's a it's show on Apple TV plus it's a alternate history, uh, where the, uh, the Soviets beat the Americans to the moon in 1969. And, um, ah. what could have possibly been maybe, um, if the space race had never actually ended. So I ended up finishing it. Um, there's only three seasons, so it didn't take me too long, of course, but, um, each episode averages an hour in length. So they're long episodes and 10 episodes a season. Um, yeah. So I, I had a massive binge on that and it, there's a time jump at the end of every, every season. So season one takes place in the sixties and the seventies. And then season two jumps to the eighties, season three jumps to the nineties. And then at the end of season three, they teased jumping to the noughties. So, um, next time the show, uh, resumes it will be in in the 2000s um yeah and that's coming out 2023 season four so uh i won't have too long to wait thankfully for that story to continue but yeah i really lost myself in this show um over the last (laughs) few days to the point where i'm lying down trying to sleep and i can hear the theme song playing in my head (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so that's pretty funny but no it was it was fascinating like i won't spoil too much of it um, cause it's, I mean, I could probably say certain things cause it, it's not a hugely followed show. It seems, especially cause it's on Apple. Um, not a lot of people have Apple, but it is really well made. Like the, the, the visual effects are insane in this show. Um, really, really good. There's a lot of realism to it, uh, in terms of what could have maybe happened and maybe not happened. 
Um, like the Apollo program doesn't stop. It just keeps going um, well into the, the 80s, um, you know, and then they're trying to make a base on the moon and, you know, just at odds with the, the Russians. So there's a huge political side to the story as well. Um, which is really, really interesting. Um, and there's some really great characters and, um, a lot of the main cast are, um, original people that didn't actually exist. Um, some of them are based on real people, I think. Um, yeah. but, um, but they're, they're, as they themselves go, they're not real. They do bring in obviously real people and they've killed off some people that are like, historical figures in NASA and I've just been shook because I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you killed this person? How dare you? Um, the what sh- the hell? What the hell? Um, uh, the show does actually, speaking of killing, it's like Game of Thrones. It holds nothing hmm. back in terms of killing characters off. No one is safe in for all um, mankind. <laughs> um, when you're doing alternative history, you can do what you want. They can, and they do. Um, so sometimes it tends to veer towards melodrama a little bit, but uh, but I, I do enjoy, I don't know, I do enjoy the science side of it, the space exploration side of it. Um, and then, in, of course, in the later season, they end up on Mars. Um, in the 90s, um, <laughs> humans are on Mars in this show. So, because um, it's just kind of really sh- exploring and showing, like, maybe if the government hadn't pulled NASA's funding what could have been possible and like technology in the show advances like you see little easter eggs like for example there's like in the latest season there was a, a an iPod classic that was in one of the spaceships and it's 10 years ahead so it's like just showing things like that of like okay and like and they even have sort of like FaceTime devices but starting in like the eighties and stuff. Like it's, yeah, it's really fascinating. So, um, and a lot of it's scientifically accurate. A lot of the like stuff that they do in terms of, you know, um, the, the using energy and the methods of travel that they would use to get to Mars and, um, gravity things, all that stuff. So it's, yeah, it's really, really good. So if you're a fan of space, if you're a fan of history, uh, science, um, yeah. And, pretty decent storytelling and good character work. I think you'll be definitely a fan of the show as I now am. So, um, yeah, I can't wait for the, uh, I can't wait for the next season. So yeah. 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 It's good. That's literally all I've watched. (laughs) (laughs) I just binged that (laughs) from start to pending finish. Yeah. From pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much the start. Yeah. Until, until finish. So yeah. All right. Well, that is our weekly watchings uh, out of the way. Um, shout out to the menu again. Um, <laughs> and now we will dive right into the week that was in the nerdy news. This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most S, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Yes. All right. Nerdy news time. We've got some interesting things to get to. But uh, first, um, we have to get sad for a few minutes because um, very shockingly uh, and very sadly this week, uh, Kirsty Alley passed away. At the age of 71. Um, this was very unexpected. Um, and 
very sudden, it seems, uh, according to her daughters who announced um, the the news on social media. Um, she only was recently dis- uh, diagnosed with cancer and, uh, yeah, sadly it took its toll on her uh, far too quick. So um, very tragic, very sad that she's left us. Um, but she leaves behind just a wonderful filmography um, and that is one that will, you know, last and continue to make people laugh, I think, for generations because she was one of the funniest to do it. Um, especially in the eighties, uh, and the nineties. Um, I mean, for me, um, my favorite, like when I think of Kirstie Alley, my, my brain immediately goes to look who's talking. Hmm. Um, Hmm. I, I will watch like the first one, the second one I've seen maybe once or twice, but not for a while. But the first one is a film that I always go back to because I think it's, it's such a funny concept, the idea of Bruce Willis voicing this this baby um, is just very, very humorous. And But I mostly just go back because Kirstie Alley and John Travolta have such chemistry in that mm. movie. Such chemistry. Um, it is, yeah, you see the sparks fly on, on the screen. Um, so the two of them bring me back. To watching that she she especially i think is the star of that uh film series uh, especially in that first one um so i love her performance in that it's very funny it's very moving it's very real um i yeah i think she's fantastic in it um of course um she's also known for her work in cheers uh, for which she won an emmy i believe um, which is really, really cool. Uh, and then um, one of her other notable sitcoms, of course, was Veronica's Closet in the mid to late 90s. I remember watching that. don't remember what it was about, but I remember watching it as a kid and I think enjoying it and just, just going, oh, she's pretty lady's funny. Like <laughs> That's like 10-year-old ten, ten Kendall, summation of Kirstie Alley. Something to do with a closet. Yes, thank <laughs> you. And, and her name was Veronica. Uh, and then, of course, to the nerds out there, um, you know, you will know her, of course, from uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Khan! <laughs> a movie that I am ashamed to admit I have not seen, so um, I know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I always said if, um, if, if COVID lockdowns last year had gone on any longer, I was going to go down the Star Trek path. So uh, one day I will get there. Um, one day, but yeah, um, very sad, uh, that she's passed away. Um, but yeah, like I said, she leaves behind a a wonderful legacy of laughter and entertainment. Um, and she will be missed. That's for sure. Um, Michael, do you have any fond thoughts to share? Uh, were you a fan of Kirstie Alley's? Um, yeah, I knew of her. Um, uh, there, there was a, a, a movie that came out where I don't know why that it just made me think it, it made me think of my old like video rental place for richer for poorer. Oh, I it, remember that movie. Yes. I remember hiring that uh, yes. while well, the family hiring that out and actually watching it where, where her and um, uh, Tim Allen's character is sort of running from the law and they find themselves in Amish country. Mm, that was a good one for in hiding. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, probably my favourite sort of genre f- bit from her is pro- probably Village of the Damned. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, she she was in that with uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, not Keanu Reeves, uh, Christopher Reeves, and yeah, and uh, about about these six kids that uh, come out of nowhere. And they're all got white hair and yellow eyes. And, and are they demonic? Are they an alien species? We'll never know. And she sort of played like a a, a Scully sort of character, where where um she's like in this town and trying trying to figure out what's going on. And and you got and Christopher Reeves is there as well, with the sort of Mulder sort of dynamic, but with it within like um yeah it's a it, it's one of those like Stephen King sort of happens in um, suburbia, like like places, and yeah, it was it, that that's a bit of fun, and yeah, and also yeah, uh, Look Who's Talking trilogy is is always always good. You can't be a nineties kid without knowing one of them. Uh, probably Look Who Look Who's Talking Now is probably my most fond of because I like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and that, and yeah, that's always a bit of fun. So she she will be missed, and yeah, good, good, good sort, and yeah, and Star Trek as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the rest of the news, shall we? Um. So. This is going to be an interesting discussion, um, because Warner Brothers and DC. Uh, are making some moves. Um, we, of course, have been following the story uh, regarding James Gunn and Peter Safran's appointment uh, to the head of DC Studios and their, uh, you know, revamping um, of the, uh, the the DCEU or cancellation, it seems, of the DCEU. Setting um, up a 10-year plan. They're setting up, they're doing a Feige, they're setting up a 10-year plan, which they will be unveiling, I believe, sometime soonish, um, I suppose. Um, but one of their biggest moves that they've announced so far is that Wonder Woman 3 does not seem to be happening anymore. Mm. Um, I am not surprised at this. <laughs> um, mostly because uh, I was definitely not a fan of 1984, uh, I was very disappointed in that movie. I mean, I saw it twice at the movies, so I, at the Ooh, time... Daring. I know, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was Pedro Pascal. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, like at the time, yeah, at the time when it first came out, I enjoyed it for what it was, but with hindsight, I've kind of looked at it a bit more critically, I think, and yeah, there are a lot of good elements in, the, in that. Like, again... Pedro Pascal was fantastic. Um, I enjoyed what Kristen Wiig did um, with the character, despite how she kind of turned into a CGI monster by the end of it. Um, and then, of course, there were just the the um, thematic and moral issues surrounding <laughs> surrounding Steve Trevor um, that are really hard to whistle past and the whole political nature of uh, Gal Gadot being Israeli and saving Egyptians and all this stuff so there's a lot to unpack from 1984 and the, the fact that they called their movie Wonder Woman 1984 and really did not lean into the 80s theme as well as they should have um, 
Uh, and then well, they had music, I guess. They had some music. They just played Blue Monday repetitively um, in all those trailers, which is fine because it's a great song. Um, and, the, and the costumes? There were bum bags and stuff? <laughs> some of the costumes were okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, all that aside, um, yeah. And, of course, the critics' response was not favourable, especially considering everyone had the highest of hopes following Wonder Woman the first, um, which is definitely an all-round better film. Mm. Way, way overhyped, in my opinion, because it did not stick the landing, but... Yeah, the third act was a bit... Meh. Third act sucked balls. CGI chuck everything in and... What's his yeah. name? David... David Thewlis. David Thewlis. Yeah. Yeah, just put the face on... That'll do. No. <laughs> See, my and I, I, I don't care. I'm going on a slight tangent, but my friend Adam and I will always tell people this idea. He had the best idea, and it was that Ares like was not going to be in the movie at all. Like David Thewlis is just that dude, just and he's just a guy. <laughs> he's just a normal guy. Um, and, and and like it was just the idea of um, humanity, you know being its own enemy like rather than uh, a big bad god of war who's actually perpetrating everything it's like if, oh no that, that that'll be just too real yeah I guess. we have no responsibility for our own actions yeah yeah <laughs> but they could they could have done something really kind of deep and meaningful for a superhero film if they'd kind of gone that route as you know it's like she thinks she's chasing Ares the whole time but then it turns out he was never there it was humanity the um, whole it was time. humanity, and it's just kind of making her realise. And that would also maybe explain why she goes into hiding, quote-unquote, for so long. It doesn't bother to help them in World War Two. so uh, apparently. Yeah. yeah, fuck these people. Yeah, yeah, so that would have been... Yeah, anyway, so there's an, there's an alternate take on Wonder Woman that would have been much better. Um, but regardless, yeah, all of that said, not surprised that this movie's not happening. Uh, I am disappointed, especially for Gal Gadot, because I have enjoyed her take on the character. Um, mm. And uh, so that's, you know, and it would have been nice to see, you know, the, these big tentpole characters, when they get their three movies, they kind of get to do a character arc throughout the whole thing, round things off with a third film. And now that's not happening. Um, Patty Jenkins, however, is concerning me because... First, her, first, <laughs> first, uh, Lucasfilm decides to can Rogue Squadron, and now Warner Brothers is like, we're not doing Wonder Woman three. So poor Patty Jenkins has gone from being this golden woman of Hollywood to uh, on the outskirts, looking in almost. Poor Patty Jenkins. It's yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have sympathy for her, to be honest. I mean, I mean, I mean, I they know. gave her gave her some sort of ultimatum to either change up the script to True. make it fit within. And she said no. And I thought, okay, can't do it then. Yeah, yeah. So it's, she, she's, I mean, more power to her, I suppose. She stuck to her guns and, and wanted to tell, like, she's like, this is the story I've written. It's the story I want to direct and tell uh, to finish my story. And then apparently she finished uh, either the email or conversation or whatever it was by uh, sending... Uh, the Wikipedia definition of character arc. <laughs> I don't know if you read that, Mike. I didn't hear that. Yeah, she apparently she like yeah quoted what what character arc means like an actual definition of the term um, at the end of this email, 
and like mic dropped and then yeah sent it um apparently i just read that like an hour ago so i don't know how so, true that could be so okay um <laughs> she's pissed basically uh, character arc is within within one movie not a trilogy well i yes yes and no it can be both but it would have uh, whatever she's getting at like it would have been nice to see i suppose what she was going to do but i'm not um i'm i'm not counting my you know i don't know i can't find the right phrase but i'm not a dis- i'm not entirely disappointed i mean i am disappointed no i'm not entirely no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> wow covid brain is a thing guys um yeah uh, it's fine um the other thing uh, of course, uh, in this news, and we'll j- I'll just speed run through this so I don't go on too many more tangents, but uh, Man of Steel 2 may also not be happening now, despite the fact that Henry Cavill and James Gunn have indicated recently they uh, want to work together on a thing. Um, whatever that takes the form of, I'm here for it, um, whether that's Man of Steel 2 or not. Uh, I just want to see Henry Cavill's Superman done correctly. Um and then there was the shocking announcement that I know Mike's very upset about. <laughs> um, and I'm upset, but I mean, but not surprised at all again. Um, I don't think this was public knowledge that they were making no. this movie. So it turns out there were plans to actually make a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton. Um and now it's not happening, given the new direction with James Gunn and Peter Safran. I, again, not surprised considering what happened to... Um, Batgirl. To Batgirl. I mean, that was going to be the movie that would have reintroduced us to um, Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne slash Batman, given us what his, uh, you know, more mature, older take on the character would be. Um, and that is that is your your basis for going into Batman Beyond, I suppose, and whatever the Flash is doing with his character. I think yeah. it's it's probably safe to say Supergirl's not happening now either, uh, though they haven't said anything about that. I don't know. Blue Beetle's going full steam ahead at least, so that's something. Um, but y- yeah, um, this sucks. This sucks. But again, not surprised. Michael, what are your Jeez. thoughts on all of this? DC madness. Are you still on the, the gun bandwagon or are you... Are you <laughs> the fall- band gun. The band gun. Are you falling off the band gun now? No, you can't take away my guns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't ban guns in front of me. No, no, no. I was just being silly on the on the chat, <laughs> really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks because it would have been... I'll, I'll keep this brief, but it would have been like full circle. Like Batman Beyond, the um, cartoon, was... Uh, was like a sequel to the Batman animated series, uh, which was uh, made because of Batman '89, uh, mm. and so so it would have been full circle of getting Ma- uh, getting Michael Keaton to do Batman, and it, everything rhymes George Lucas and shit. Yeah, and, and but thinking about it, uh, Batman Beyond actually takes place in the. F- far future 
where everything was more futuristic and and more techno and you know everything like that like everything looked like 90 uh everything looked like 2015 from back to the future sort of mm. thing and and so that wouldn't work because the future is now and uh, have a look at now it's, it's pretty boring so uh but you know I'm, I'm i'm sort of two minds because anything that's uh very connected to what the dc was like within the flash movie that's coming out so what the hell that's going to be i don't know um and the stopping of uh batgirl and uh i think it's just they're drawing a line in the sand it's like okay we're drawing a line in the sand and we're doing something else like um jason momoa not no longer being uh aquaman but being another character speculative mm. yeah yeah still part of it but as a different character so who knows who knows what will happen and of course uh twitter just went <laughs> just ballistic and you got the new <laughs> sayers of go, going ah oh, fire james gun bring back the snyder burst blood 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 <laughs> And the the funniest thing is the 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 um, people who are claiming the real reason why James Gunn is there is because he's a plant from Disney and to destroy DC. <laughs> oh my God! Uh. <laughs> if you like ignore like the actual <laughs> history of why James Gunn came to DC in the first place, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Jesus, how quickly so, they forget. Yeah, so you know, stupid people are going to stupid. So <laughs> yeah, they are, and it's going to be amusing for us. So yeah, it's yeah. like I can just laugh at you because you know I'm not that big of a fan of uh, Snyder and his attempts of uh, adaptations of comic books, uh, or even anything. I've, I've only seen like his movies like once and yeah that's enough and i suppose with the man of steel thing well henry cavill is probably going to be superman but not the continuation of the snyderverse superman so yeah it, it wouldn't be man of steel 2 it no. would be uh superman blah 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 actually call him Superman or Man of Tomorrow or whatever. Wherever it is. Yeah. Son of Kal-El. Uh, no, Son of Krypton. That's the moniker. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. That's it. Nice. Great. Thank you. Um, I, I want to see DC do well. Yes, we both we both do. That's all we want. Yeah. We That's all we want. Um, yeah. Well. Getting sick of Marvel. <laughs> he says with a Batman t-shirt yeah <laughs> uh, well we just we just don't want Marvel to be the only good you know um, superhero movie studio out at the moment um, really and even when I say good they have waned in quality the past uh, year and a I half I think it's the fatigue it is and, oh it's mostly the fatigue don't get me wrong yeah and unfortunately DC hasn't got a leg to stand on it's like hey we're going to do stuff it's like yeah okay but we're getting sick of like comic book movies give us something else 
Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing is it's an uphill battle for DC. It is. It really is. And they are struggling to prove themselves. Um, so hopefully whatever James Gunn and Peter Safran are working on, um, it starts with a bang. So fingers crossed. Okay, let's um, move away from superheroes for a sec uh, to talk about our lord and saviour of horror, Mike Flanagan. Um, (laughs) As we talked about him last week as well. Um, Now, this week he announced on his socials uh, that uh, the first big project he'll be undertaking at Amazon will, in fact, be another adaptation of The Dark Tower um, it looks like it's going to be a series, uh, so that's exciting and very promising. Makes a lot more sense. I still haven't watched the movie uh, starring um, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey from years ago, but I, uh, you know, accounts uh, do suggest it wasn't that great, um, uh, which is, you know, not to be unexpected from Stephen King adaptations, but um, Mike Flanagan hasn't really made a bad Stephen King thing yet, in my opinion. <laughs> um, he has a very good track record, not just with King, but with horror in general. Uh, you know, I'm a massive fan of what he what he did over on Netflix, so I'm looking forward to what he's going to bring to Amazon. Um, and I, yeah, I've never really engaged with the Dark Tower series before, um, so I don't really know a lot of the lore behind it. Um but apparently, yeah, it's being planned. They're going to be doing at least five seasons of this show. Um, oh. That's the, that's the, the word in, that I'm reading here. Um, uh, yeah, so... And I had like seven books, so... Yeah, yeah, so they could do the whole thing um, and do it well and do it right. So, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see what he'll do. I'm definitely going to watch this. Um, Michael, um, Hello. Uh, how how keen are you for this? I'm pretty keen. I've only read, uh, well, read, listened to the fir- first book. Uh, and all accounts, this um, string of novels is uh, Stephen King's um, foray into something that's more uh, like fantasy genre sort of thing. Where, and it's also like a linchpin. It's it's sort of like the it's sort of like um, uh, sci-fi fantasy, sort yeah. of thing, because it's dealing with uh, different dimensions and all that. Mm-hmm. And and the tower is like the linchpin of uh, the Stephen King universe, because in it, uh, all his novels are connected, in a way. And oh, yeah. So it's uh, it it's 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 um. So it's the multiverse ca- before multiverse, yeah. Sort of thing. It's the castle. It's the castle rock, of uh, of Stephen King. In a way, yeah. In a way, yeah. okay. That's cool. I mean, even in Castle Rock, the TV show that uh, only has two seasons, and it's a shame that they're not doing it anymore. Uh, they sort of touch on things within the Dark Tower as well, like like thinnies are thin cracks in uh, time and space. And you can sort of see that in the in the first se- se- season, when it's dealing with jumping back and forth in t- time and different uh, different uh, dimensions, like in like uh, time uh, timelines and that. So, and also you got the gun- gunslinger as well as the man in black. And mm. 
like the man in black is sort of um there's definitely challenging my knowledge here but it's the man in black is sort of uh, the responsible person of everything that bad has happened uh within uh Stephen King's like novels like he is the one that sort of possessed Cujo after after Cujo got bitten by the rabies and so, oh. so and sort of and in the book he, um Cujo is sort of talking to himself uh in in the in the novel it's like it's like he's sort of being possessed by by something but we don't know and yeah it's it's really it's really it's really interesting if you like dive in deep into Stephen King lore uh way too much to to like speculate in that so i'm actually looking forward to this if they if they're going to do like um majority of the work because it does dive into a lot of stuff like including things that aren't Stephen King like there are references to other literary canons like there are Harry Potter stuff in it as well oh. which is weird and it and the big bad is the Crimson King and the Crimson King actually uh do you know you know the story of Stephen King getting hit by a car I don't think so well he got hit by a car yeah. uh long story short and and then misery happened. No, um, oh. <laughs> it was a uh, dreamcatcher happened when he was. Oh, okay. That was like the like, that was like his first book out, out when he was still suffering in the because uh, he he almost died and like he completely smashed pelvis. So he was oh. like high a lot and his, and he and with dreamcatcher. Um, there's a thing called a shit weasel <laughs> that pops out of the toilet and eats your asshole from the inside out. Jesus. Anyway, yeah, so <laughs> you think it was crazy when he was on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, when he was on painkillers. So when I say that, um, that's, um, that is in the book as well. Like, right. Like... Stephen King is actually a character in these books as well. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah. So it's very trippy and Yeah, right. Uh, and it gives me gives me an excuse to actually go back and actually re- read the rest of the novels. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And I and I haven't seen the Dark Tower movie either. Hmm. Yeah, I was disappointed to hear it wasn't wasn't good. I mean, I could I suppose I could watch it, but yeah, cuz you know, we never really get to see Matthew McConaughey play bad guys, especially not in a genre like that. Um, it was very something very different for him to do. Wow. Um, but yeah. Was it Dazed and Confused or something? I haven't seen Dazed, Dazed and Confused. That was, that was his breakthrough film. Yeah. In the he 90s. was sort of a scumbag in that. Oh, was he? Okay. You know, his line, you know, as the beauty of that um, schoolgirls. I get old, they stay the same age. Oh no! Yuck! No, I'm talking. Okay, I'm talking fantasy, evil, bad. Okay. You know the, the acceptable kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hmm. and this book also explains The Shining as well. So. Yeah. Okay. Like everything. Everything comes back to The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, and also vampires and shit. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to this. And yes, and Please. Michael Flanagan's on TikTok as well. 
He's also on Tumblr, I found out. Um, that's how I, I think I may have said it last week, but that's how I found it. I read the whole description of Midnight Club Season 2. He posted it on Tumblr. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I suppose um, Midnight Club is sort of akin for, like, teenage genre, so it sort of makes sense it's on Tumblr. Yes, yes, even though I'm very much past my teenage years, but that's okay. But you're a teenager at heart. I am. I mean, look at my hair. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like a teenager. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Just like Matthew McConaughey. Just like, oh, Jesus Christ. All right, moving on. Uh, (laughs) Hey. Hey. Uh, Speaking of childhood. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Um, So uh, during the week, uh, Aladdin star Mina Masood um, uh, revealed to us that there is still loose plans uh for a sequel um to the live action aladdin film um that has kind of been either confirmed or rumored for a while now um that that was going to happen um with possibly guy Ritchie returning as director not entirely sure um however the big news uh regarding it is the the fact that if we do get to see an aladdin 2 it will not be a retelling or a reimagining of return of jafar Um, which is, yeah, pros and cons, I think. Um, one, because, you know, that was a, it was a straight to DVD release. Um, yeah, sorry. Thank you. Video. My mistake. Showing our age. (laughs) Yes. Straight to, straight to VHS release. Uh, and it is not as like, it's a short movie. It's like just over an hour, I think. Um, so the story is very brief. Um, Iago is the main character in it for one. So that kind of, it would be difficult to adapt anyway, based just on that. Um, but it is a good story. I think, um, definitely not as good as the original film, but, um, there is potential there to take from it and turn it into something cool. So I'm a little disappointed that they're not doing that exactly. Um, especially cause you get to bring Jafar back and Jafar is such a good villain, even though I was so, so on him in the live action version. Like I enjoyed the actor's performance. Um, but, um, the character itself was not my favorite part of that movie. Um, but yeah. Yeah. He sort of needed to be more mustache twirly sort of there. Yeah. <laughs> A uh, very gay-coded character. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was a bit removed from the the animated version. Um, no. Yeah, which can be hit or miss, given all of these live-action reimaginings Disney has been doing the past um, five to ten years. Um, but, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm... Yeah, I'm slightly disappointed, but overly disappointed, because um, it'll be cool to see a new story maybe they'll just they could even just skip to doing king of thieves maybe um and we'll get to see the story of aladdin reuniting with his father maybe i don't know um Mm. there are plans still to bring back not only mina masood as aladdin but um will smith is the genie and uh naomi scott as jasmine so um yeah yeah, that's a kind of a no-brainer yeah um but yeah we after, shall see. After Will Smith does his I'm Sorry tour. Yeah, which he has started. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Such bullshit, man. Which part? <laughs> well, considering, yeah, he did a shitty thing, but come the fuck on. <laughs> there is a lot of shit that ha- has happened down in Hollywood 
A slap is like least. Yeah. I, yeah. Given given the revelations of, of uh, certain Hollywood bigwigs over the past five years following Me Too, um, yeah, this one kind of should fall a bit lower on the scale, even though he did assault a man on national television, um, which we don't condone. Um, no. Yeah. And it was really shitty. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> when people are committing, like, SA and you've still got Mel Gibson running around. Uh, you literally, yeah. It's just, yeah. People still defending Woody Allen and uh, shit. So, lots of crap. Um, Hollywood is a murky, murky place. Um, but I hope, I, hope, I hope Will Smith finds peace and can, hmm. can make a comeback eventually. Yeah. Um, the Oscars will not not forgive him, though. I don't think. <laughs> so, oh, they made him look bad, so. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts on on what this potential sequel to Aladdin could look like? Well, considering it's based on tales that are akin to uh, was it a thousand and one stories, like the Arabian yeah, Nights. Arabian Nights, yeah. So they can take like it anyway really mm. so so and it's not just for like yeah what we've seen in the cartoons they can they can do whatever they want and they should because it's new and different and unusual and i like different same i like a lot of bit different it's still adaptations mm. of stuff but we, we've seen the king of thieves in the third one and true and and return of jafar is like ooh, he's back but he's still a genie Mm. And with and then with Jason Alexander as the little bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. Funny. You know. Anyway. Anyway. I'm All done. right. You're done. We're done. Almost. We've got one more thing in the news to discuss, and that yes. is. Of course, uh, a quick little wrap-up of the Game Awards that happened on Friday. Um, now, um, getting to the big big one, of course, Game of the Year went to, El- uh, to Elden Ring, um, which I think was what Fulia was predicting, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, uh, so, and I, it might have been the front-runner, um, although I kind of had a feeling... God of War Ragnarok was going to sweep in and take the title, but uh, it did not. Um, but it did go, uh, it did not go home empty handed. That's for sure. Um, because um, uh, Christopher Judge won uh, for best uh, performance um, for his role as Kratos in God of War Ragnarok. And Boy. And the uh, <laughs> the uh, Stargate fan of me was very very happy to see him <laughs> him be acknowledged for his work, um, and getting to for some reason uh, have the award presented to him by Al Pacino. Um, don't know why he was there, but sure, uh, it made for a music. What am I doing? It made- ah. <laughs> Ooh, ah. Where it am made- I? It made Ooh, for ah. <laughs> made for amusing television when he couldn't pronounce the word Ragnarok uh, I found that funny uh, I'm sorry Al um, but Christopher Judge lost his shit over meeting Al Pacino I thought it was great and then he proceeded to uh, give one of the longest award acceptance speeches I've seen 
in recent memory. And the music did not play him off until almost 10 minutes in. Um, so that was nice that he was allowed to have his moment. And he said a lot of really sweet things and about how even if uh, he'd had, like known when he was reading for the role um, that it was a, a game initially, he didn't know it was for a video game initially, he would have said no. Um, so thank God that didn't work like you know that didn't go down that way but yes um god of war also won for um best score um so i was very happy to see bear mccreary um from rings of power and Battlestar galactica and agents of shield getting a win um i highly recommend checking out the performance he did with hosier of the song blood on the snow from the game it's very haunting and very beautiful um, Elden Ring, though, also won, uh, Best Game Direction, um, and Best Art Direction, which is very cool. Um, what else happened? Um, indie Game. Okay, Stray won, so Fulia, I'm sure, is very happy, um, Ugh. to see that, <laughs> to see that Stray took out Best Indie Game. Um, that's really cool. They also, uh, Stray also won, uh, Best Debut Indie Game. Um, so no surprises there really. Um, and yeah, I think every, every, every person who's has, who has a cat, just happy. Just, just, yeah. (laughs) They all just voted for that. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, let's see what else. Best family game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land won. Um, so that's cool. Splatoon 3 won for best multiplayer. Um, Gran Turismo 7 won best sports and racing game. Um, best fighting game went to multiverses. Um, and best action game went to Bayonetta 3. So, yeah. Um, really cool wrap up of, of winners. A lot of the front runners, it seems, took out their res- uh, prospective categories, I think. Um, Mike. Um, yes. Do you have any any thoughts on on how the game awards went down? Uh well, you know my views about rewards, but yes, it's, of course, it's uh, it, it's an industry that doesn't really get much like glamour and glitz. So no. I can understand why why people like enjoy that sort of thing because it, it's um uh, it's an interesting genre that people don't really respect that much, and yeah, o- over the years it's getting a lot of more. More respect, and you can see why uh, you can see why people are actually getting more drawn into like because essentially it is a medium that that needs to be rewarded, and so Definitely. I understand that. Uh, and yeah, um, and much props for everyone because they work very hard. Hard, and if uh, there are some problems with people like releasing games that are not ready for release and they get, you know, we all know the stories, um, every single one. And yeah, just, it's exactly like, um, the, the effects artists on like, uh, TV shows and that it need, you need time and, and, and the energy and you just need to wait until it actually is good. So there you go. That's right. Uh, Probably one of the biggest highlight and uh, from this are like the trailers, which we will get into later. Uh, but but there was one particular trailer that they that they had, and I 
and I really want to get this game now, uh, is is uh, the Suicide Squad. Yes, they dropped a trailer for yeah the new Suicide Squad game. What's it called again? It's like Suicide Squad colon something. Um, the Suicide Squad kills. Kill the Justice League. Is that what it kill is? Kill the Justice League or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, from Rocksteady that also does the Arkham games. Yes. And within this, there's like a little cutscene of we get to see um, uh, Batman. And of course, Batman is played by Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Uh, one of his last performances. Because yeah. I don't think we're going to get the um, the other one, uh, the cartoon show where he plays oh, Thomas the, Wayne. The Cape Crusader? Yeah. You don't, you don't oh, think it's going ahead? Um. It could be any, uh, I don't know. Gun, uh, Sacron, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Gonna, I, gonna... I mean, uh, that it's already being shop, shopped around, so... It is, who, yeah. Who knows? It'll be fine, I'm sure. Contracts are going to be cross or anything like that. But uh, Kevin Cronenberg is going to play Batman for the very last time, and it's going to be weird because <laughs> your task is to kill Batman. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, but you know you can't have everything. Unfortunately, no. No, so it's going to be his last performance as Batman. So yeah, I'm going to have to get it. Uh, I was going to get it. I was tempted to get it because of the Suicide Squad and like Harley Quinn as well. Mm. Uh, was a big fan and and King Shark, Boomerang, and Kill Shot, Deadshot, 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 Kill Shot, something else. Uh, yeah, so. Put it on my list. Great. That's like my biggest highlight. That is a very big highlight. Yeah. Is that? Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. They also announced um, Death Stranding 2, um, which I found really interesting because I thought the re- reaction to that game was very mixed based on what I saw on, on um, the internet. But, but mm. yeah, but that's cool. I do admire Hideo Kojima for his artistry, so it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. And then, um, yeah, do you want to talk about old mate speech crasher, speech crasher, or, or shall we move? <laughs> or shall we move on? <laughs> Props for a fifteen-year-old to just take the take the inter- internet. No, he's the winner of the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he won the internet, and now he's in jail. So, <laughs> oh, is he? They arrested him. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mad props. Mad props. I just fucking worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. He's got yeah. gut. He's got guts. That little one. All right. Let's move on, shall we? The news is done. That's all the news there is uh, for this week. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, because now it's time to roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeah. Yeah, trailer park time. All right. So, um, starting us off this week, we have another look at season two of Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Um, this, uh, I believe, we got a first trailer back, maybe Comic Con. I think it was. Um, I could be remembering that incorrectly. Um, could be a teaser. Yeah, there was a teaser previously, but this is our first like trailer proper. I think for the Bad Batch season two. Um, looks really, really good. I'm, mm. I'm excited for where the story is going. 
Uh, it was cool to see Rex show up at, uh, near the end of that trailer. Um, yeah. That's very exciting. Uh, Where there's a Rex, there could be an Ahsoka. There could be. Ooh. There really could be. Uh, the possibilities are endless. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks, it looks, it looks really good. I don't have a whole lot to say to unpack because there was a lot of quick shots of different scenes from different episodes. Um, this seems like they're still working with um, uh, what's her face? I've forgotten the character's name, but the one that um, I've even forgotten the actress's name. So this is, this is COVID brain talking again. Um, you know, the one with the croaky voice in Matilda used to be married to Danny DeVito. Ah, uh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. her. Yes, her character in this. I've forgotten her name. Um, yeah, it seems like they're still working with her um, and she's getting them to do a heist of some kind at some point. Um, and, yeah, I can't... I'm trying to remember, Mike. Um, did um, the uh, sniper dude, did he end up rejoining them? No. He... No. He, they got the chip out of him. That's thinking, right. Thinking, um, okay, he's he's okay now because um, they got the chip out. But he he actually decided, no, I'm still part of the empire. So, yes, that's <sighs> that is correct. That was I, I really enjoyed what they did with his character in the first season. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, really, really good exploration of. Um, yeah, exactly what the effects of Order 66 were on the clones themselves. Um, I, th- I thought that was really, really cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to more of his character, that's for sure. Mm. Um, and, you know, if he ends up coming back to, to the Batch or, or remains uh, in service with the Empire. Um, but yeah, uh, there was a glimpse of Bail Organa. We also got a glimpse of the Emperor sitting in the senate on coruscant um so yeah there's a lot there's a lot to unpack um but i'm i'm looking forward to where it goes and my last thing um a force sensitive wookie as well in this trailer um yeah he he's in um clone wars as well yes yeah so i haven't seen all of clone wars yet so i learned the basics I think I saw it when they were doing like a a playlist of like all the Ahsoka stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, to see where she is um, when season seven came out, uh, right. the 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 last one, mm-hmm. and I think he he was in with a couple of Padwans to get their ky- Kyber crystals, and yeah it was just a it was a wookiee who who is force sensitive and becomes a jedi so mm. cool yeah it's very cool very very cool um Rhea Perlman is the actress and uh-huh. and Sid was the character that Sid. I, I couldn't remember um, with an i no with an i actually c c i d yeah i was going to say c i d e no c i d Yes. Um, I-D-E-E. Yes. So, yeah, looking forward to returning to the animated world of Star Wars uh, very soon. Um, yes. Michael, did you enjoy this trailer? I did. It was it was uh, nice and fun uh, for an uh, explanation for Star, Star Wars. Uh, 
for for the kids <clears throat> and some subtle things for the adults as well yes um yeah can't wait what they do and the continued story of what uh um omega yeah omega yeah omega because omega is is doctor who Ah. Uh, and speaking of doctor who those crabs on the beach were macra oh yeah yeah macra is from doctor who as well oh is that crabs is that what the macra terror refers to okay do you know the Macro Terror? I, oh, you, you've seen the you've seen the cover. Of I've the, just seen the DVD at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They're giant crabs that that feed on toxic fumes. Oh, yeah. No good. Yeah, uh, very intelligent beings. Until they're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so can't wait to see and what what's the deal with her and if we're going to explore more with the cloning. It's it's all to do with cloning, I reckon. Yeah, I think I think they're 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 setting up the cloning thing as well as Mandalorian doing some cloning things as well. It's like, why is it so important? Well, somehow uh, Palpatine returned. <laughs> it was cloning, cloning the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be working uh, uh, for years trying to uh, make that line of dialogue relevant, aren't they? Um, yep. Mm. So when are we going to be watching this? <laughs> uh, well, uh, episodes of The Bad Batch Season 2 will begin streaming on Disney Plus on the 4th of January. Wow. Um, yeah, I believe we're getting two episodes on on release day and then uh, weekly after that. Sweet. Yeah. So only three and a half weeks to go for that. So that's exciting. <sighs> 2022. Yeah, I know. We're almost out of it. Almost over. Yeah, almost over. Um, cool. Well, speaking of 2023, one of the really cool things we've got to look forward to, of course, is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, now, if you're wondering, you talked about this movie last week. Why are you talking about it again? Well, we were pretty light on trailers this week, and they released a clip... Um, from the film, was it at the Game Awards, Mike, that they did this? Yeah, it was. Yes. Um, so, yeah, Nintendo uh, and Illumination uh, let us see a bit more of the world that they're presenting to us in this movie, showing us uh, the Mushroom Kingdom in this clip that lasts about a minute or two. Um, and it's basically Toad taking um, uh, taking Mario... Uh, up to see Peach in in her castle, and it's that journey of like him going, "Oh my goodness," and yeah. Uh, <laughs> is she in the castle, or is she in another castle? Yeah, hmm. she could be anywhere. It's anywhere's. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's just a fun, cute little uh, clip. Uh, my favorite thing, apart from the animation, again, was uh, the music in this clip. Oh. Um, the way they took the Mario video game theme and put an orchestra behind it and let the horns kind of speak for themselves, um, with, you know, the, the iconic, uh, refrain, um, was just lovely to hear. Um, I really got a kick out of it. I thought it was very well done. 
and they had fun with it too. Like they put it, they put it in the score and then they just kind of used it and moved around with it. And, um, yeah, just, I don't know. It was really, really well done. I, I'm definitely a fan of the score of this movie already. Um, and yeah, we got, I, again, very little Chris Pratt voice in this. Uh, I think he only has maybe one or two lines of dialogue. If that, if that, mostly he's just reacting um, to what's around him. Um, ooh, hey, oh, ha, ooh, yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't know. There's not a lot more I can really say. I, it was a nice little clip, um, a nice little introduction to the Mushroom Kingdom, and, uh, yeah. Mm. We'll see how the movie goes when it comes out. Um, Michael, um, what was your takeaway from watching this little uh, scene? It was just very charming. Yeah. And, and also the world building that they're doing um, to accommodate for many like uh, drops within the Mario mythos. With different games, especially yeah, as you said, with the um, music, different different stings for different levels, uh, and platformers, <laughs> uh, going through the tunnels, and yeah, it just looked, it just looked amazing, and and uh, yeah, the Chris Pratt voice, you know, doesn't doesn't matter anymore, doesn't really matter. We're beyond that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just just floating brocks up here. So he's doing something. He is doing something, yeah. <laughs> something. And just, uh, and Key, Michael Key, just, just Toad is just perfect casting. Oh, yeah. Amazing casting. Yeah. Slightly pitched up, but that's, mm. that's what a Toad is. And yeah, just, just, uh, just references everywhere. All of the Love references, it. yes. So when is this coming out? Yes, well, as we said last week, um, Super Mario Brothers the movie, um, or the Super Mario Brothers movie, will be coming out in theatres on the 30th of March here in Australia. 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 I think it's like the 7th in everywhere else. Yeah, we're getting it, yeah, early. Um, it's April, I think, yeah, it's April everywhere else. Ha, take that. Yeah. It's what we get for living so far away from everyone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got one more trailer to talk about before we roll on out of here. Um, And that is for an upcoming Blumhouse horror film by the name of Megan. Is it? Or should I say M3GAN? I don't know. M3GAN. M3GAN. Megan is the name of this. Um, So... This, uh, yeah, this is a movie I've been sort of aware of the past few months because I've seen posters of it popping up at my cinemas when I'm out. Um, just, you know, this very creepy shot of this doll that is the titular Megan character in this. Um, so it's, yeah, it's literally probably set in the near future, if not an alternate present where, uh, you know, some mum has thought it appropriate to I think she invented the thing um or or programmed it at least to uh you know be a companion to her daughter uh, and protect her health and well-being mentally and physically um and of course because it's a horror movie 
it's all gonna go downhill because she's uh this this might be blumhouse's attempt to uh do a modern day chucky uh of some kind but <laughs> but maybe not. At, le- at least the remake chucky yeah a reimagining a modern a modern take on on the chucky oh, story no, no, no. maybe sorry the remake of chucky the remake that, yeah that came out not too long ago oh did blumhouse did that I don't think it was Blumhouse, but it was oh, okay. um, it, Mark Hamill played uh, Chucky. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead of, like, the uh, 1980s, oh, it was, a, it was a, a, a voodoo curse that he put upon a, a doll mm-hmm. of a serial killer. It was a doll that became sentient and tried to kill people. Ah, yeah, okay. so it's essentially it's that. close to the same as what we're seeing right now. Right, okay. Thank you for clarifying. So that. Um, yeah, because I knew obviously about the serial killer thing from the original Child's Play, but I didn't know about the new film in that sense. Very interesting. Um, but yes, we have a murderous uh, psycho uh, robotic doll that looks really fucking creepy um i mean dolls are just creepy anyway but they've really gone all out and it's kind of creepy not just for her appearance but just the way she moves in certain scenes in this trailer sometimes it's quite laughable i think um but there were times when it's like you're it's supposed your brain's like okay it's supposed to be this doll this robot but then she's moving like a person in certain scenes and then at one point she just starts dancing for some reason and i think uh, yeah i don't know why uh, what the effect of that is i suppose i don't it's know take you out of it it did take me out of it because i was like what is this movie's tone is it is it yeah is it satire is it comedy is it thriller like what where where are we going with this and considering the the same scene of doing the dance down the corridor um because the other guy is Ronnie Chang. It was Ronnie Chang, wasn't it? That yeah, made, that made me going, happy. What? What? What, yeah. what is this? <laughs> Why is Ronnie Chang in this movie? <laughs> One, first, what is this? Two, Ronnie Chang. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this a comedy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why? I don't know. Maybe he's friends with James Wan. I suppose, because James Wan produced this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Australian connection. Yeah, yeah, being expats, um, expat Aussies. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. So I don't think I'm in on this movie. I don't think I was ever in. I'm. I'm not a huge fan of like doll movies. Um, like I living s- doll movies. Like living doll movies. Like I haven't seen all the Chucky's. I've only seen the first Child's Play. I haven't seen any more. Um, and uh, I've seen I've I've seen the first Annabelle because I enjoyed The Conjuring, um, and her story, true story, fascinated me, and I was like, let's give the movie a go, and it was okay. Um, and I haven't returned to that series either. So the I'm, only the yeah. only Annabelle stuff that I have seen is the brief glimpses in Shazam. Um, are you making a? A reference to the fact that the um the the director of that was also the director of Annabelle Creation. Yep, and in a scene, at the start of the movie of Shazam, uh, I think it's like a pawn shop or something. Like 
as in P P A W. Yes, porn. I knew. Yes. Yeah, and and in one of the shots there was like an Annabelle doll just sitting in the corner. Oh, I missed that. That's a nice reference. There's a little reference, and there's also a reference in the Shazam Two trailer where, <laughs> in the same in the same scene of um, where where he's at his counselor, but it's a pretty attrition, and he and it the 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 camera pans over and it's like all this kids stuff including an annabelle doll just sitting at at a kid's table ah nice nice that's cool that's the only annabelle stuff i've seen that's okay that's fair that's fair um yeah but yeah so i'm not sold on on this movie i hope it does well i'm a fan of blumhouse's stuff um most of it is pretty good it can be hit or miss um and if James Wan is involved as well, that's always a good sign. Um, so hopefully it pans out. Um, and I liked, I like, I will say too, I like Alison Williams. She's the mum in this movie because um, she was she was in Get Out uh, and did a fantastic job in that film. Um, so oh, she's, get out. Yeah, yeah, get out, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> yeah, interesting trailer, interesting premise. Not entirely for me, but. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Michael, what did you make of Megan? Uh, yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat. It's like, what, what is this? It's like something that I've sort of seen and something that's uh, very different. Um, and also just Living Dolls just completely creeped the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird thing. I'm semi-curious because there's a lot of stuff that I'm interested in watching. James Gunn. Uh, not James Gunn. James Wan. James Wan. Yeah, I've got guns on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's with the Ronnie Chang? <laughs> <laughs> the it's mystery Ronnie Chang. of it's Ronnie like, Chang. <laughs> I mean, it would, be, it would be cool to see him die. I mean... <laughs> That would be funny. I think he does. I think this trailer <laughs> alludes to the fact that he gets chopped up. Yeah, yeah. that would be amusing. With an old old school um, uh, paper cutter thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shing shing. And also that uh, pressure washer thing is bullshit. <laughs> I've got one of them. It's not that powerful. No. <laughs> <laughs> Suspension of disbelief. I mean, we are watching a living doll come to life. Yeah, <laughs> anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it's like the Kevin Smith. Um, I want to see dinosaurs with buttholes. Yeah. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, when is this coming out? <laughs> this is coming out very soon. Um, I couldn't see an Australian release date on IMDb, but I know it will be playing here uh, in January, which is the month generally where movies go to die unless you're Oscar bait. Um, it's coming out on the 6th of Jen. Um, so, you know, Bad Batch season two or Megan. You if decide. it comes out in Australia. If it's it got, probably a, probably a so. big month. Yeah, it'll be next year. It'll, be, it'll probably be like late Jen. They'll probably do like a Australia Day release for it. I'd, I'd wager. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well... Uh, that's Trailer Park done. We're rolling on out. And mm. that now means it's time Ooh. for the moment. 
Haha. The segment. Yahoo. The section. Mario. <laughs> the part. Uh, water. The place. Mm. Nice. The spot in the show we like to call. Uh, Stephen King's uh, The Dark Tower first book. <laughs> the first book. We are going to read it chapter yes. for patcher, chapter. Pa- patcher to Patcher. Yes, yes. Yeah, hold on for a second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, there's eight. It's popcorn culture time. It is. Yes. Popcorn culture. Popcorn culture. Yes, it's popcorn culture time, guys. And uh, we are here to uh, finally bring you our spoiler-filled thoughts on everything Black Panther Wakanda forever. Yes. Yes. Where it takes place, where it is in the timeline, and uh, what the MCU is doing. Yeah, definitely get to all that stuff, that's for sure. Um, Mm. Yeah, so the movie's been out almost a month, so um, it's definitely, or pretty much dead on a month, so uh, that is more than enough time for everyone to check it out. Um, But if you haven't seen it, um, please go watch it and come back and slash slash watch and listen to us ramble about it. Um, cause yeah, we are going to go into full spoiler territory with this one. Cause, um, there are a lot of big spoilers in this movie. Um, yep. one of which I've already given away on the podcast. So <laughs> apologies. Have you? Yeah. I, I spoiled one of the deaths last, I think it was last week, maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't, re- I don't remember. Spoiler. Spoiler warning. We've got a spoiler warning going up now, guys. So There we go. We're in it. Um, cool. All right. Well, I'm just going to start off with my general thoughts, and then I'll throw it to you, Mike, and we'll just kind of discuss from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this... Now that I have sat with this movie, I've only seen it twice, but I've sat with it now for a few more weeks. I think I can comfortably say, apart from No Way Home, uh, it's the best movie of Phase 4. And it is a very good movie, and I really liked it. Um, I don't know... I don't think it's fair fair for me anymore to try and even compare it to the original film, because this is... The first uh, one, yeah. Yeah, because this is very different. And um, it's kind of hard to make that comparison just just based on that and the fact that, you know, we don't have T'Challa in this movie like we were supposed to. Um, so the story had to go in a different direction, but a lot of a lot of things did apparently remain the same. Um, but yeah, it's it's structured different. Um, it's it's a lot more. um grief focused obviously um but um but it's i don't know it's it does a very good job at the story it's telling and introducing us to these new characters a lot of people seem to have criticisms of marvel when they do this when they're like we can't just have a movie about your core cast that you already know you have to introduce and set up and blah 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 and um some films do that poorly this film i think did it really well um Hmm. i thought I thought that uh, Namor was uh, handled superbly 
my introduction to the character as I have never engaged with the comics and um, don't really know much about the Submariner. But my understanding is, is that this whole thing with Telecan and his backstory is fabricated for the film. Um, so the fact that they've been able to do that and pull it off as successfully as they have is a testament to Ryan Coogler and the team at Marvel Studios because I think he was a superb addition to the MCU. Um, Riri Williams as well. She was she was my MVP for the movie. Um, I can't wait to see her show when it comes mm. out in a year or two. Um, yeah, really, really nice to, yeah, meet her finally. Um, and I look forward to her and Shuri being BFFs going forward, um, as we knew was going to happen. Angela Bassett is probably the MVP of the cast in terms of performances. Um, and, uh, I wouldn't not be surprised if she didn't get an Oscar nomination for a supporting role. Um, Mm. definitely an outside chance of that happening, but, um, it would be a nice, uh, and very much appreciated nod to the acting within the MCU, if that were to happen. Um, she was brilliant. And then of course, yeah, Shuri is a Black Panther. So, um, I have a lot to say about Shuri, so I'm going to save it for later. Um, Michael, um, how is the movie sitting with you after a few weeks? Um, how do you feel about it? Um, it, it's... It hasn't really changed much in my th- thinking the first time I watched it. Uh, it it is a story. It is a story that's is about grief, and you can definitely see in the face forward. It's more. It's more to do with dealing with grief and where do you go? Where do we go now? Hmm. And and also the sort of subtle um, uh, continuation of what's going to happen and. We get get that at the end, mm. uh, and essentially it is series movie, of uh, uh, because we start with her and we end with her, and her her journey with um, what she was in the first uh, Black Panther, and how she uh, needs to um, balance uh, her um, intellectual life as well as. Uh, a spiritual life, and and all to do with um, uh, uh, tradition and family and all, all that, and also the future of um, your your family and uh, your country that you you plan to uh, rule, uh, and that's not with Siri but with the whole family and every, mm. everyone within uh, dealing with the death of. Uh, T'Challa, that who died of um, a, a an illness, with, it's not enclosed, but but just the loss of a sudden loss of a family member, as well as a power struggle because that person was in charge of a whole country, and the uh, neo political aspect of it, I actually quite enjoyed uh, within the MC universe of. We've just had uh, Thanos attack Earth, uh, as well as uh, a mass exodus of half of the population, mm. and now we're dealing with the aftermath of that mm-hmm. after five years, and then a sudden uptick in population. It's like, okay, what do we do now? Um, we we were we we were settled for five years of everything that was, and now all of a sudden it's just this. Ju- 
done a sudden jolt of everyone coming back and some people staying the same age some people not aging five years and that repercussion as well mm. so so yeah it, it hasn't really changed that I I like the fact that it's still a movie that uh, it's its own story within the MCU as well as it, it does continuation with uh, where the universe is now. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Um, yeah, I. That, you're talking about the way they dealt with like post-snap MCU um, brings me back to um, Falcon Winter Soldier and just how they ended up handling that and how it should have been better done um i think yeah and storylines dropped because yeah. of because of reasons yeah um, and just the ending of uh <laughs> the sort of cop out of uh you're in charge do do better cool <laughs> yeah yeah very kind of reflected a lot of the real world i think in the wake of covid um, mm. a lot of the things in that show. Um, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really love the fact that the MCU kind of, you know, whether or not you agree with phase four being hit or miss in terms of the quality of, of it, or if it's just the fatigue because they released so much in such a short window, like phase four released, I, I've lost count. I don't know how many things off the top of my head there are, but there's a lot. And it happened in 18 months from black widow mid 2021 to now that's 18 months yeah. um as a fuck, I think it's because we lost a year as well it is everything was compressed um everything would have been spread out from 2020 until now so um yeah so things obviously had to change um but i really do love the fact that phase four took the time to explore grief in uh you know in just great detail i think um, and this movie we all knew was going to be the the pinnacle of that or like the the climax of that because we knew it was coming because we knew it was going to deal with not just losing T'Challa but losing Chadwick Boseman and how was Ryan Coogler going to process that? How were the actors going to perform that? Um, and how would the movie uh, perform as a film um, in response to that as well? Um, and I think they nailed they nailed it um, completely. Um, and I mean, you know, it goes to show with just the beginning of the movie. You know, we get to Charles' funeral immediately. Like he's well, we get his death first thing, first scene he dies, and then his funeral happens. And it's this. I just I fucking loved that it was this beautiful celebration of life, and it felt like a party for Chadwick. Um, and not just a party for T'Challa. Like they're all dressed in white. Like the the fact that the Wakandan tradition of of funeral garb is is white, it is just I thought was stunning. Um, and Ruth Carter did such a fantastic job on the costuming. Again, I hope she gets another Oscar nomination. Uh, she won last time for Black Panther. Um, mm. She deserves to. So, well deserved. Absolutely well deserved. Um, so the fact that they're in white, the fact that they're, they're all dancing and chanting and it's just, but like the movie does take those moments as well to just stop and, 
you you just see the grief like you feel it with Shuri you're with her every step of the way in her journey through this movie and dealing with that grief of losing her brother and the fact that despite being probably the leading nation for technology in the MCU she couldn't do anything to stop it from happening um yeah so it's I just I really loved the way that the movie paid its respects to Chadwick Boseman and to T'Challa um and the fucking opening credits with the MC mm. the, the the Marvel Studios logo I mean both times I saw it in the cinema you you could have dropped a pin in there and would and you would have heard it cuz silence there was just silence as the images of him silently came at you on that screen oh man I was crying so much <laughs> it was a lot um but it was so well done um and we'll talk about the ending when we get to it um but yeah um I guess I don't know I, maybe I'll just talk we just talk about Shuri in her journey I guess mm. to sort of start I mean it's the, it's the focus of the story um I really liked what they did with her character in this. Like we all, I think we all kind of deep down, regardless of who you thought was going to be Black Panther at the end of the movie, I think we all kind of deep down knew it was going to be her and there was no other option. Um, Mm. I think I was kidding myself when I was like, oh, it's Nakia. It's going to be Nakia. Oh no, Mm. no, it's, it's it's Shuri. Um, But the journey that they take you on with her to get there makes sense. And she, and she earns the title of Black Panther by the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, like, it's not just a, here you go, you're, you're royalty, you're the only one left now, <laughs> you have to be Black Panther. Like, and she ma- she's the one that makes that decision to even bring back Black Panther because they've retired the moniker, they've retired the hero um, because they don't have any more heart-shaped herb, there's no point, um, you know, she can't replicate it synthetically, so, yeah, so they just let it die with T'Challa, but... Um, but yeah, obviously by the end that changes. Um, yeah, Letitia Wright, say what you will about her political views. She's a f- fantastic actress, um, and brings her A-game in this movie. You can see and feel the grief on her from losing a friend in real life to losing a brother in this world. Um, and her struggle with what is right, I really enjoyed, um, I really hoped that they were going to lean a bit more into this maybe darkness in her that she was struggling to kind of keep at bay, I think, by the end. You know, her anger towards um, towards Namor was, you know, clearly very grief-driven, um, <laughs> of course, because he killed her mum. But it also reminded me a lot of T'Challa in Civil War when... He was driven by grief because of Zemo killing his father, or Bucky killing his father, he thought, and then finding out it was Zemo and then making the choice not to. Uh, yeah. You know, I, so I loved that parallel as well. Um, Michael, what did, you, what did you think about Shuri's um, journey throughout this movie? Yeah, it definitely does have um, a parallel with uh, T'Challa in the previous um, outing. Uh, including the first movie as well. Um, well, it's sort of, yeah. After the the backdrop of actually opening um, 
uh, Wakanda for the real world to see is like we've got all this and and that stuff and just yeah I sort of said majority of what what I said um what else can I add well um, what did you th- the, yeah actually go on go on uh sort of I didn't really touch on the relationship between Siri and, and Namor mm. uh, um yeah it definitely had a sort of interesting aspect because in the middle of it they it was a it was a interesting relationship they sort of had respect for each other on where they were uh being leaders um in their own right and discovering each other and because they 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 all want the same things like protecting your culture and your and your family and mm-hmm. your and your place and and the um and the um and with the more um just the the added baggage of having like the colonialism and the and the genocide and the real real stuff that's actually happened mm. uh within that and and how Wakanda is sort of like the opposite, where they weren't uh, col- they they weren't colonized. They they were just uh, the rest of the world thought it was just a, a back end sort of African nation country, and then all of a sudden they've got all this technology. It's like oh, can we have that? <laughs> Within itself is colonial mindset of yeah. You got stuff that we need and want. Can we have it now? That that you've opened up is like no, because we don't trust you. So it's it's sort of like the same same thing, same the same parallel between between them. And it's also funny as like, what do you do? Uh, do do you go at it like like with war just to p- protect your own thing, or you just there to do you pick up a shield or do you p- pick up a spear? And that's a sort of mindset is also good as well Mm. yeah Mm. yeah i really loved how the movie also leaned into like the um the consequences i suppose of uh t'challa deciding at the end of the first film to reveal wakanda as a superpower um to the un and to the world um uh, I wondered how they were going to explore that and what that was going to mean at the time. And then, yeah, they I think they did a really, really cool job of... Um, like, they didn't spend too much time going into it, but I liked how it sort of set the scene for the film and the climate politically that the world is in. Uh, and the fact that after everything the world has been through with Thanos and, and the snap, or, or should I say the blip in, in, in universe, um, yeah, it makes sense for them to be like... Well, why you have these resources why don't you share them um and but then they also have people who are going behind their backs trying to steal said resources um Mm. and i loved that scene where ramonda um you know basically tells france to get fucked um um, by parading in those uh mercenaries um uh, in front of the entire UN and uh, and and with the Dora Milaje, I just, I loved how much of a power move that was yeah. and how much of a point it made to be like, well, 
why should we share our technology with you or give you our technology if this is how you're going to act, you know? Mm. How, we can't trust you, so... I mean, it's sort of cheeky that they didn't go all the way of actually making America do that, but... <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I'm kind of glad though cuz I feel like that would have been cliché, but at the same time it would have I suppose made more sense or given more agency to the whole storyline with Valentina yeah. and um Everett Ross if they'd done that too. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's cliché cuz you don't really see it that much of America being the bad guy. Well, okay, yeah, in that sense, I guess, yes, you're right, yeah. Um, I just, I, I, some, as someone who, who, who spent a lot of lockdown watching Stargate and how the American government just likes to shove their cells where they don't belong, I, I think I've just got that on the brain. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, good ah, point, good, good point, yeah. good point. Good the point. Um, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, the whole... The whole, I suppose, plot sort of start like kicks off po- post T'Challa with that UN scene, and then with the fact that um, Riri Williams has given, well, un- unintentionally given the techno- uh, her technology she built to find vibranium um, to uh, you know the U.S. government, and they're trying to locate it in the ocean, and then that disturbs Namor and his his people, um, and. Yeah, Riri Williams sort of becomes a MacGuffin for a while, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which was, you know, take it, take it or leave it. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't care too much because I just, I just thought Dominic Thorne was such a joy to watch, uh, bring the character to life. So that didn't really bother me. Um, yeah, did what did you think about um, like the way that uh, Everett Ross and Valentina? were used in the movie. Did you have an issue with them being a part of it or did they like they feel tacked on or did it make sense? Uh I don't know. I suppose a little bit tacked on because they didn't really do much at the end. Mm. Uh the I mean it was great seeing them. I mean it, it is good to see like some sort of connected issue from the previous movie as well as movies that are coming out soon mm-hmm. uh thunderbolts yep. as well but them being like the eyes and ears of of the governments outside like trying to work their way in as well as uh with the iron heart sort of um uh riri um subplot of uh, if this is what they do with their with their people, how can we tr- trust them? Mm. Like t- take their t- using technology that's supposed to be for good, but but using it for for their own ends. And yeah, it's just a shame that they didn't really do much. Mm. Um, what about Riri Williams? Does she work for you? Um. I suppose I think we'll probably get more reason why she's in this particular movie within the Ironheart stuff because it was all filmed roughly at the same time mm. and just to set her up and but I think 
I don't know if I, I would call her like the MacGuffin. Okay. I, she she is a she is a a story point to start off to kick off the actual uh, threat of uh, uh, of the Wakandans versus um, the Talakan. Yeah, Talakan. Mm. I was going to say I was going to say the other one, but it's not right. Atlantean. Anyway. Yes. Sadly, no. Nah, not sadly. <laughs> no, it's I mean, okay. we've, already got, we've already got Aquaman, mm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But I'm trying to think back. Like her introduction. Uh, I don't know. You probably need sort of the lightheartedness uh, as well. Otherwise, it'd just be all grief. Yeah, she yeah definitely offsets the tone in a nice way. Yeah, yeah. Like within her dorm, as well as just kicking ass with uh, like her rogue suit as well. It's always mm, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those scenes were were highly enjoyable. I really loved the dorm scene, especially with Akoye just being very alien with her for some reason <laughs> it was it was very amusing um and the way she like just got her spear out sliced this the speaker and moved on that was that was very funny um, uh, she did throw it at her so she did no she was within her right to defend herself that's that's yeah. definitely true as i said do you do you, do you go with a sword or a shield a spear mm. or a shield yeah true that um, well, speaking of Okoye, um, I have some thoughts on her, um, because, uh, she is a little bit different in this one, only for the fact that, um, she gets stripped of her rank as leader of the Dora Milaje, um, by Queen Ramonda, um, following, uh, Shuri's kidnapping by Namor. Um, first, on first viewing, I thought, she, I thought Ramonda was out of line on that. Um, I didn't agree um, entirely. Uh, even after, and I want to, and we'll talk about that fucking speech she gives in a second because I, it's fucking, yeah. ep- it's fucking epic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, even after that speech, I was still like, I see where you're coming from, but it's fucking Okoye. Like she's loyal to the throne. Like, you wouldn't believe she's a lawyer. But then, you know, Ramonda does make the point that, well, you weren't exactly loyal to the family, were you? Um, So, yeah. So, I, I, yeah. So, the second viewing had definitely made me see a bit more of Ramonda's point of view that that Okoye fucked up and she deserved to have some kind of consequences for her actions um, from the first film, not just from losing Shuri and potentially getting her killed. Um... Yeah. Do you what what did you think, Mike, about about Okoye? Like did you do you think she she deserved to be punished? I, me myself, no. But um it's I think it's more to do with like the traditions as well as uh Yeah, it's bit difficult i can actually see why 
because um, you need to set an example because um, because uh, Ramonda is, is queen and she needs to uh, represent herself as being as being like. She needs to be representative of her her country as well as on the backdrop of uh, going through the 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 motions of losing pretty much everyone, mm. but and uh, grieving, not showing grief, being strong for your for your country, mm-hmm. being being strong, and so. Yeah, unfortunately, it's she needs to show an example of still need to um, be in the best interests of uh, your your country mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. and it sucks, I know, but they need some sort of thing to happen for Black Panther three. <laughs> I'm th- I'm thinking maybe maybe there's going to be a civil war. I don't know, within within Wakanda of what what's going to happen, uh, be- because essentially there is no sort of hierarchy because we know who the the Black Panther is, but who's going to be leader? Um. Well, I'd say Shuri. I think. Because she's of the royal lineage and generally, like, I mean, T'Challa became King T'Challa when his father died and he and he was also Black Panther. So I don't think there's any reason to say, especially now that Queen Ramondo is dead, that um, Shuri wouldn't be. But that would be an interesting power play to explore, especially given the fact that... And I don't know how serious we took... We are supposed to take this, but the fact that... um fucking M'Baku at the end is like I'm challenging the throne again yeah. um, where that's going to lead like that's what I'm sort of driving at. at yeah yeah it makes sense like there's probably not going to be any power play for the Black Panther because it's lineage and and Shiri is the only one that knows of the knows the formula for recreating the the heart shaped herb mm-hmm. but being the leader of Wakanda, still up in the air. No, that's a good call. Yeah, that would be a, a worthy uh, kind of uh, plot line, I suppose, for the third film, which there obviously will be a third film at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, good point. Good point. Um, yes. Well, I mean, maybe we'll just talk about Queen Ramonda now, because... Um, yeah, we've hinted at her a lot. Um, I wasn't expecting her to die. <laughs> um, no. I'm guessing that's left over from uh, the original version of the movie we would have gotten. Um, uh, so, yeah, so that's fine. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with the decision to kill her still because... At first I was like, nah, they're not going to do it. And then they did it. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. Um, don't know if I agree with that. And I still really just don't think I do. 
because, hmm. like, to kill two members of the royal family in the one movie, albeit I know one of those was completely out of everyone's control, um, it just felt like a lot. And I know it. I know narratively it made sense because they wanted to get Shuri to a place where, um, you know, she had that driving force of vengeance behind her to go after Namor and you know, maybe risk becoming this, you know, darker version of herself. Um, and yeah. that, and that struggle. So I get narratively why they did it. Um, it just sucks that they put her through that though. <laughs> Comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah. Dead parents, you know, I guess. Both parents dead. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Stark, Thor. Yep. You know. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the superhero genre. I wish I shouldn't be surprised really. Um, but regardless, that, that said, um, I mean, yeah, Angela Bassett absolutely fucking crushed it in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, she acted her ass off like she, I mean, she knew her character was going to die. So she was, (laughs) she was just throwing everything at this. Um, and yeah, that, that throne room scene where she gives it to Okoye is just a masterclass. Um, the dialogue that she was delivering was intense and insane, and she she hit hit that with every um, every yell and every scream. She she nailed it. Uh, I just I get chills kind of thinking about that scene, like mm. the fact that she's she's like, have I not given everything? Um, my family is dead. <laughs> like. Like at this, because at this point, you know, Shuri could be dead, and it could just be her. Uh, she has nothing left, nothing left to lose, and you know, you know, just putting putting um, Okoye in her place about betraying her in the first film. Uh, I, I appreciate it as well. Again, more on the second watch than the first watch, but yeah, yeah, she was she was just a force of nature in this movie. Um, so. Yeah, I, I I really liked I really liked her character, um, so it's sad that we're not going to get to see her again. But um, mm. but what a way to go out, um, Michael. How how did Queen Ramonda work for you in this movie? Um, she definitely worked and uh, worked her butt off. Oh, um, yeah. I'm actually quite amazed that a line that's in the trailer was powerful enough, but. Watching it in context is even more powerful. Absolutely. Which, dare I say, when stuff goes in the trailer, it's it's usually like, ah, eh, that was in the trailer, sweet, and it's just an afterthought. But but seeing it in full context, yeah, that's why that's why I squirt, squirted some tears. And it's like, holy shit! Yeah, you can definitely feel it. Mm-hmm. Her struggle of losing every member of your family. As well as being queen, uh, America's on on your ass, <laughs> and now you've got this this um, this kingdom that nobody knows about except you, and you can't say anything because you've made some sort of pact. Ah, oh, it's just yeah. I, d- I don't want to be in issues. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not at all. Yeah, and get an Oscar nod, I reckon. I hope so. I really hope so. Ugh, 
God, I'll lose my shit. It'd be so mm. good. It'd be so good. Um, yeah. It fucking, yeah, exceptional writing and, and performing um, with her character in this movie. So, yeah, just crazy. Um, turning to more of the, I suppose, action side of the movie, um, they did, of course, have the third act set piece sort of CGI battle, but not strictly in the traditional sense, I would say. Like, there was a lot of practical effects, I think, in there. It was a lot A lot of the, the fighting was real real stuff, I think, with um, obviously a lot of wire work going on. Um, but I think most of the CG was just the environment, um, which was fine. Um, I, thought it, I thought it was a really good good fight it was my favorite part of the movie really it really is unless mm. it's unless it's something like civil war or um uh, infinity war or endgame that's different um but um i i did find i did kind of i kept going back to oh in this scene um what, whatever shuri and namor were doing as opposed to the army uh the armies fighting each other um but I did enjoy a lot of the action set pieces throughout. I think probably the best one was on the bridge um, when uh, Shuri and Riri are taken. I think that se- that action sequence is probably my favourite because it really got a chance to show us uh, what some of these, uh, you know, some of the, the Talokan people, what they are capable of and, uh, and Okoye giving her a chance to really bust her ass in the best way um i thought it was cool um how did all the like the the fight scenes and the action and stuff go with you mike yeah the same um it's it definitely does suffer from the the, the third act itis of it all mm. um it's got to be a big uh, cgi fight <laughs> uh but especially on the ship but as soon as they get get on like the sandbanks mm. uh, and be more up and close it definitely got better by the sure. end like like the intimate sort of fights is is a whole lot better than like the big swashbuckling like watching the crowd versus crowd yeah uh, yeah I suppose that's all I can add. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, the third act is always like the, oh, it's really going to do that We've seen this sort of thing before, but yeah, you know, gotta have them. Gotta, well, it, yeah, gotta have. Just like, gotta kill all the parents. <laughs> yeah. Motivation. Gotta have that um fridging. Yeah, superhero spectacle. I suppose I did enjoy seeing like the the debut of those like new flight suits that Shuri had worked on. They were a really interesting design. Um, and I really enjoyed Okoye's loathe of them throughout the movie. I thought that was a funny running joke mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, cool. Well, I think there's only a couple more things to really talk about before we... Yeah, the, the sort of blue predator suits. Yeah, they were like blue predators, huh? Yeah. It's an interesting design choice. Interesting design choice. Um, yes, so Michael B. Jordan shows up in this movie. Um oh. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, was not expecting that. Uh, it was no. it was a rumor. I think that was around for a while, um, but 
still seeing him show up was was pretty fantastic just for that one sequence you know Shuri's taken the heart-shaped herb and you're expecting her to talk to Ramonda because um, obviously they were never going to recreate T'Challa with with AI or CGI or any of that stuff that's never happening but um, the fact that you come ar- the camera pans around in front of the throne and it's it's uh, Killmonger sitting on it um, I fucking loved that choice I thought that was really cool especially for what they were doing with Shuri's character um, you know making her again having to figure out which side of you know things she kind of falls on but also kind of reinforcing the idea that she is her own character and she is her own Black Panther um, Yeah, I thought that was awesome what did you think Mike? And her own inner turmoil. Yeah. And what they said, that her brain is more analytical and, mm. and more tech-savvy, that uh, you have no room for spirituality. And you can sort of see that, and it's sort of her struggle within herself. So, mm. and, and we get to see that uh, on on um, on screen, as well as bringing back um, Killmonger. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Definitely makes sense that she is sort of fighting within herself. Either she becomes um, one or the other, and it sort of has the crescendo at the end of the show as well, mm. where where she's fighting to destroy and her choice and and as we said before, the T'Challa choice of either killing Zemo. Or just leaving him be, even saving his life because he tried to eat a bullet at the end. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, parallels, mirrors, everything rhymes. Everything rhymes. <laughs> George Lucas. <laughs> yes, yes, it was fantastic. Um, cool. Well, uh, I think I, the last thing to talk about would be the very last scenes of the film. Unless there's anything else you want to touch on before we get to that? Um, can't think of much. Mm. But de- definitely get into the the, the, the future generation. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of things we weren't expecting to see. Uh, so, yeah, the movie ends with um, uh, Shuri uh, going to visit Nakia um, in Haiti and... Uh, you know, and finally come to the the end of her grieving process over her brother. Mm. Um, so a lovely again with I said it earlier with like the fact that they they wear white for their funeral garb. Um, the fact they also have this tradition of burning the clothes uh, from the funeral that they wore um, is supposed to be a symbolic way of you know letting go, letting go, and. Um, ending I suppose the grieving process or just be being another part of the grieving process yeah moving on with the memory yeah yeah uh sort of having closure or catharsis of some kind um I think it was really beautiful and we saw earlier in the film that Shuri refused you know when Ramonda took her down to you know wherever that beautiful like lake location was and sat by the fire and she burnt her clothes and Shuri refused to. Um, 
yeah, so she obviously wasn't ready. The movie has happened. Now she is, she's ready to do it. And yeah. um, it's and that's how the movie ends, with her kind of saying goodbye. And we get, we get these bloody images of Chadwick mm. um, as T'Challa uh, with her or by himself. Just, you know, all this archive footage from, from the first Black Panther film and beyond that, what we got while we had him. Um, and, yeah, I don't think anyone wasn't crying at that point. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, I was a mess. Um, it was so beautifully done. And then to hear Rihanna's song lift me up, start to play over that. And then over the credits of just close up images of the, the outfit burning and stuff. That was, that was fantastically done. Um, and then we get a post credit scene. Um, the only post credit scene for, for Wakanda forever. And uh, it, Nakia comes down to join Shuri on the beach and, uh, you know, check on her and and whatnot. And then she decides to introduce someone to her. And this fucking destroyed me. (laughs) Um, uh, Nakia and T'Challa had a son. Um, (laughs) Ah, fuck. Um, Try not to get emotional here. Um, Yeah. Yeah, they had a son, and uh, he was kept secret, and that was, you know, their decision, um, which you can respect. And, uh, you know, he he says his name, like, this is the, the moment where I lost it the most, is like, he, he said his name is T'Challa. Like, they named him after his father. Um, was just, yeah. That, pff, pff. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, powerful powerful moving i was i was fucking sobbing like i couldn't hold it but it was like fucking return of the king up in this bitch i could not stop crying <laughs> for like ages um it was so beautiful and just so perfect again ryan coogler just nailing it story wise and tribute wise and just paying respects to chadwick boseman in the, the best fucking way like exceeded expectations in that sense i will say um I didn't know how they were going to handle his death, but they ex- they exceeded the expectations I had, um, I think. Um, anyway, enough blubbering from me, Michael. <laughs> yes. How, how did you feel about the ending of the movie? I thought it was really touching and how they the end goal is to have um, T'Challa back in a way that actually fulfills like a character's um legacy as well as uh, as well as um i don't want to say it but it sort of is like recasting but in a very yeah. respectable way yeah yeah for sure and also the added bonus of because we uh know that they're setting up like a young avengers sort of team mm mm-hmm. All different ages, really, but um, uh, Lil um, uh, D'Challa Jr. is one of the youngest, so maybe there's going to be a time jump or they're going to do some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff that we're going to have a fully grown D'Challa, maybe, uh, D'Challa Jr. I don't know what we're going to call him. Son of T'Challa, T'Challa. T'Challa, T'Challa the second. I suppose. I don't know. Uh, oh, no. No? T'Challa 
2 electric boogaloo. <laughs> doesn't really oh, no. suit, does it? <laughs> no. Oh, no. And that's the, only, that's the only time I'm going to do that joke. Good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was, it was very, uh, I, I thought it was respect, respectful and also, yeah, it is the thing of uh, what do we do? Mm. And and mm-hmm. how can we continue on like a legacy as well as story? Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I have been wondering about what it means for you know going forward. Like uh, the idea of a time jump is something that they could do. I don't think they will, but I like the idea of some kind of time travel thing happening, or probably even more likely. Um, multiverse stuff because we're in the Mm. we're in the multiverse saga now um so it would kind of make sense for if they wanted to age him up you know within the narrative that makes as much sense as it can in a superhero universe um to kind of if they wanted to bring t'challa back but you know shuri just became black panther um we're gonna get another movie with her uh as the lead presumably um, cause you know, the end of the movie does say Black Panther will return. So, um, there's more to come, um, from mm. the story and from Wakanda. So yeah, but it is very curious going forward. How, how's it gonna, how's it gonna look? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Any, anything else, any final thoughts, any more speculation theories you might have? No, nah, that's basically it. That's it. In a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. That is fair enough. All right. Yeah, I think I'm done too. <laughs> All done. All and done. Up. And we're out. Um, cool. Well, that was our uh, spoiler review of um, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you agree or disagree with anything we said, please comment or or uh, hit keep us. Keep it to yourself. Hit keep it. To, yeah. <laughs> If you have an opinion, maybe you could shove it. Um, yeah. No, I don't know. Feel free to engage with us in, yes. su- in some sense on the social media um, that we have um, and let us know your thoughts on, on Wakanda Forever. Um, that's the end of Phase 4, people. It's done. Mm. It's done. It's Phase 5 time uh, starting in two months with the arrival of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, so... That is the hype train is is here for that. So let's see how we go. Ant Man three. Ant Man three. Ant Man the Wasp stature, and Hank Pym. And Michelle Pfeiffer. And Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle and, Pfeiffer. And Bill Murray. And Bill Murray being, be, do you think he, do you think he could be Murdoch? Do you think they make? Do you think they make Bill Murray Murdoch in this movie? <laughs> Not to go nah, on. I'm, a, st- I'm still ten. thinking it's Yellow Jacket. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I do like that theory better. Yes. Because he went. <laughs> yeah, because he's in there somewhere. Yeah. He's not yeah. dead. He's he's definitely in the quantum realm somewhere. Um, yeah, and plus Corey Stoll is awesome. Give him more opportunities, please. Yes. Very talented man. Okay. Um, cool. Well, that does it for us. Um, yep. No more show to show, no more talk to be had, nothing to plug this week. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. And, and that, that was a podcast, was a podcast called, called Fred. Fred. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Freddy Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Freddy Alien, you can head on over to youtube.com slash Productions. If you enjoyed us, you can like us on Facebook. You can uh, you can like us on the YouTube. You can even follow us on the YouTube. And you can also follow us on the Twitch and follow the prompts. Yes. Please. Please do. I've been a Kendall Richardson. And I've been a Michael Lister. Ooh, is there going to be an extra thing? No. He needs to get to the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, and you, you just, just experienced a podcast, a podcast called, called Fred. Fred. <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening. Remember to eat beef. Yes, remember, Freddy lives, Loki dies, the doctor is in, and Megan? <laughs> Megan? <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Laters, Gators. Thank you, thank you. And. and-